ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series Greek episode by episode. Guys, we did it. We got to 100 reviews. Actually, I think over 100 reviews. Thank you, everybody, um, for pushing us over the finish line so please make sure to follow us on instagram at abc's of greek podcast where we're going to be posting the final poll of what movie we are going to recap um so if you want to have a say in that make sure to follow us and just for some fun bright content mm-hmm. i mean i feel our page is kind of a safe haven <laughs> and speaking of reviews elephant in the room <laughs> <laughs> It's come to our attention that some people don't enjoy the way that we talk about Rusty. And like, first of all, I hear you. Yeah, we're we're tough on him. Sometimes we're tougher on men. We want him to be better. But there was one specific comment that said we sounded whiny talking about him. And I will say that came after an episode where I was imitating Rusty in a very whiny voice. And I do want to reiterate, that's exactly how he sounded. (laughs) I was just doing it. I was annoying myself doing it. I, when I listened back, I found it annoying. It was whiny, but that's what he sounded like. We hear you. You would like to say that you're doubling down. Is that what I'm No, no, (laughs) no, I have to go. No, I'm just saying, I also think that that was specifically whiny, but it was because I was doing an accurate impression. We're tough on him. We're tough on Russ. We are. And you don't have to, (laughs) it's okay if you don't agree with us. Like, it's actually totally fine. I get it. Um, I mean, what kind of world would we live in if everybody agreed with us? I disagree. I welcome the discourse. Yes. Uh, But just know that we are aware our takes on yield rusty are not for everyone um but we're we, we still love him we will keep him yes we love him he's we the, love all the characters he's the protagonist and as the protagonist One he of. opens himself up to i think more critique than just a regular side character i do think we critique casey fairly yeah i, I mean we've been pretty hard on rebecca lately even though we well, love she's been i she's know she's been extra terrible yeah when they're extra terrible we will critique them thank you for honestly thank you for letting us know yeah thank you for your feedback but i just it came right after a particularly whiny impression <laughs> and i just want to defend that erin is defending her impressions this isn't about anything else except for erin's ability to do impressions <laughs> that she's too <laughs> If you want to change that review to maybe a four star, (laughs) five star, like you are more than welcome to do so. You're actually encouraged to do so. But for (laughs) real, we do like, we do like the feedback. Actually, Jacqueline loves the negative reviews in a way that I find haunting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they make me laugh. So it's fine for me. So sometimes it hurts my feelings, but. (laughs) Sometimes. uh, The the reviews and Jacqueline's reaction to the bad reviews all hurt my feelings but i'm sensitive um should we get into it fine okay (laughs) so we are talking about season three episode six lost and founders the original air date i'm going to be honest with you i hit play before i fully made sure i got this right but i think it was october 12 2009 the episode's a libra (laughs) (laughs) um does it make sense for what's in the episode you tell me i don't know a lot Mm -hmm. No, kind not of. really. Okay. 
So it was directed by Fred Gerber and written by Patrick Sean Smith and Michael Burns. The IMDb summary for the episode is really has not nothing to do with the plot at all, actually. It's Rusty and Jordan double date with Calvin and Grant. <laughs> that is, That's I true. honestly forgot that even happened. I was <laughs> just going to say, literally, Thomas, I was going to say, I forgot that that even happened. It was quite literally two seconds of the episode. You blinked and that scene was over. I love that. Alrighty. So the episode opens with us looking at the ZBZ house and Casey is driving up in her red Prius, the classic, classic. Prius. <laughs> and she is she's opening her trunk she has all of these flowers and stuffed animals and a map of the U.S. and she asks Laura to help carry some stuff inside and Laura's like sure I'd be happy to help and she grabs like the smallest blue tote bag while Casey is mm-hmm. like her arms are completely full she's falling over and she, while she falls, Evan catches her and, like, saves the day. And he's asking her about what they're planning to do with all of these miscellaneous items. He's like, are you having a geography tea party? Because there is a map randomly. Essentially, that is kind of what Founders yeah. Day brunches are. It was yeah. the worst. The Sodexo catered. Ooh. Yeah, it was like catered by this horrible food, long-winded speeches. So yeah, it looks honestly like it's not going to be super exciting. But Casey says, she tells Evan that they're going to go all out because they've been slipping in the rankings and Evan pretends that he doesn't know about it. But then she calls him out and she's like, I know when you're lying. And they have kind of like a little bit of flirtatious moment. And then... She also mentions, well, he kind of then like brings up that it's also a good opportunity to make money. And she's like, yeah, well, we also need the money to like throw better mixers and like basically just bring our ranking up. And Mm -hmm. then Pappy rides by on a bike and he calls Evan a name. I didn't even write it down. What was it? I didn't Evan Keller. It definitely can acknowledge it's a weird ableist bully thing. Um. And Evan, like, can't come up with a retort. He's not... This whole episode, if I had to title it, was it would be Evan's Not Funny. Aww. He's not. He's hot. That's what he is. That's what he brings to the table. His, his he says something funny. One time he said something funny. Right, and then he says it again for, like, the whole episode. <laughs> Remember um, that one time I, when they were bringing up yeah, his brother I, up I, the I, stairs? Yeah, I don't even actually remember what he said, though. But it was <laughs> funny. Know that it a chuckle. It was, but it was that scene. I know, you know the scene. You know the exact scene where he said one thing funny. Um, but also, I, I don't understand why they need to keep up this ruse as enemies. Like, they could say that they're friends again without telling people they're in the Amphora secret society. Like, nobody's going to, like, background check how they reconnected. We're just, like don't interact at all I guess if you really want to keep this secret like well they can't help each other because they they're in love each other. yeah they're in love so Casey is kind of like saying like oh you guys should just become friends again and they're yeah once again they're publicly trying to act like enemies which is getting like honestly kind of bizarre at this point Evan goes well like that'll ever happen okay it's so weird it's really unnecessary if they if they had a gossip girl on this campus they would be so busted (laughs) oh yeah 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 they would be caught instantly 
Wait, who would be their gossip girl besides the obvious Jen K? Dale. Oh my God, Dale. Yeah. We hear E and C have been rendezvousing in the bowels of campus. Oh my God. It would have to be someone really unexpected. Or Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy would be good. Or what about the Dill's ex roommate, the Canadian that he came out? Oh my out? gosh, the Canadian roommate. Or yeah. you know who I could have seen Max. <gasps> Max oh my gosh, would be a good one. one. But it, if this was Pretty Little Liars, Laura would be a right. Yeah. Oh, she would be. Laura's too like loud to be gossip girl. She's too vocal. Yeah. Or she's too vocal about her opinions. But she's sinister enough to be a. A hundred percent. Okay, so in art history, we see Rusty and Calvin talking about their double date that's coming up, which apparently was so important that it is the entire IMDb summary for this episode. (laughs) And Calvin's a little bit nervous about it. Rusty's like, oh, don't worry. Like, I've always got along with all the other guys you've dated. And then um, I think Calvin invites Dale, but then apparently Dale has been sort of like ambushed by his parents because he told them he was an atheist. (laughs) So I guess like they told him that they accepted his beliefs and then sort of kidnapped him. Right. So yeah, then their teacher walks in and their teacher is like really creepy. He's always saying really- He's always warmed up. (laughs) Yeah, he's always saying really suggestive things out of nowhere. And he says that like they're doing this- presentation on like art and eroticism or something and that it's Reed and Rutherford's time to give the presentation so we hear Reed and we immediately think okay Jordan Ray Reed Jordan Ray Jordan Jordan Ray Reed Reed. (laughs) so it's Jordan's turn and she's not there so Rusty raises his hand he's trying to defend her he's like she's probably running late and the teacher says art waits for no one and <laughs> that's that's that also like did you guys know they were still in this class yeah because you i remember you good. said this will be the last time that they'll be in this class yeah. and i was like oh. <laughs> in my mind because it was just not the end of the semester yeah i don't know why i thought you we were, were just ready to be done semester. i was ready to be done what part of the year are we at right now we're in the fall we're like towards finals Okay, and what part of the year were we at when, like, they were doing the study group? Was that midterms? That was, yeah, like, that was probably, September. like, early. Yeah, like, September, early so, October. realistically, him and Jordan have only been dating for, like, a month. I know. You're kidding me. And this he's already mind-boggling. They literally started dating in, like, that at, was a, at best, September. That was another thing that I was thinking about after we recorded last episode. Have they even said, I love you? I think so. But, like, I only think they made that becomes clear in this episode. Like, I don't think they had said that before he lavaliered her. Like, at least in the script. Like, maybe off camera. But, like, they just had sex. Yeah, I know. Wait, they've literally only been dating a month. Yeah. It just feels so much longer for us. But also, that is how college felt. Like, a week did feel like forever. And I feel like relationships in college move really fast because you're like living right next to that person and like, you know, you can Mm -hmm. see them all the time. Not that I would know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, you're totally right. That's, that's, (laughs) they really do show, I mean, I think this is an accurate example of how a college relationship 
would feel because you're basically like yeah living together or like next door neighbors now we're back at the zbz house and laura comes up she's carrying a stuffed cat and she's like i think we're overdoing it with the cats and ashley's like no these are perfect because we need them to distract everyone from talking about how we're fourth ish then they start talking about making money and like going after funds basically from these older alumni alumnus alum Nice. Sure. Alumnus. Alumnae. Alumnae. And I think Casey's- it's AE is if it's, if it's plural. plural. Yeah. Alumnae. And so Casey is going after Doris McGovern. And mm-hmm. at this point, too, Ashley also brings up how she's like nervous Casey will become a cat lady. Uh, because she's not really like dating anyone. Every time Casey like doesn't go out for one weekend, they're like, oh my god, Casey. You're going to wither away. I know. Well, first of all, they're like, your life is revolving around having a boyfriend. Like, your boyfriend's gone and now you're not doing anything. And they're like, oh my God, you really need to get a boyfriend. It's like, again, they've been broken up, what, now, two weeks? Now two weeks. <laughs> She's been single for only, like, a couple of days, it seems. And here we are, like, pressuring her into dating someone again. I forgot that Ashley was trying to set her up with one of Fisher's friends. Also, it's like... The cheater. Ashley and Fisher just got back on, like, okay terms. It seems kind of, like, yeah, that was quick maybe to, three days ago. Yeah, quick to be all of a sudden recommending his friends then <laughs> to your best friend. Life moves fast. Life moves really fast at CRU. That, at that moment, Doris walks in with... um, And Casey's like, there's Doris. And she says... And her ridiculously hot grandson, because there's this guy. Ridiculously hot is so generous. He is a man. And that's about it. He has clear skin. That's so true. He is a man in khakis with clear skin. (laughs) He looks like he would like knock on your door and try to sell you a vacuum. Or convert you to his religion. Yeah, or I was going to say, or sell you... um... The Bible Latter-day Saints. Yeah. 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 I think it's the tucked in polo and khakis. It is. And instantly, I mean, I don't know if you guys felt this. I immediately felt like a little uncomfortable about him. Well, I think it was just weird. It was like the only thing that flagged for me was just like, who? why is he here? Right. Yeah. Like we, we, we know at this point the show isn't just going to like bring in like a normal love interest like this quickly yeah your spidey senses were tingling yeah i was getting one episode arc vibes from him so then we're back now at jordan's dorm and rusty comes in he's like (laughs) what were you doing like you completely missed art class and she's like she like completely is unfazed about missing class and her presentation. No, no, no. She's not even unfazed. She pulled a Jacqueline and completely forgot the class existed. <laughs> she said, we're that? still oh, here. Oh, oh, you mean that? Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> this okay. class still exists? Yeah. She like, she's like, oh my God, wait, I completely forgot about that class, let alone that she had a presentation that day. She just forgot that it was on her schedule. Do you guys ever have like nightmares like post-grad about oh, like yeah. forgetting that you were in a class the whole semester? Yeah, yes. you didn't go to Latin. No. Oh yeah, my gosh, yes, I do. the actual version of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, but well, we have that class still? Yeah. yeah. And she is so, 
she honestly is so distracted by her artwork, her photography, because she was taking pictures of Main Street and apparently the light was just perfect that day. They're so like, they look so much like what I did in my high school film photo class, which is not bad. They remind me of my digital camera era. Oh yeah, my point and shoot days. Right, right. (laughs) <laughs> like when you were like, oh, I gotta upload some good albums to Facebook. They all look kind of like a stock photo. They're oversaturated, which is cr- criticism I received. Oversaturated, and there's so many weird shadows. Yeah, yeah, and they're and of nothing. They're of like lamp posts. She's like, oh, look at that light. The light was so dusty and beautiful. <laughs> Made me forget about the rest of my life. My whole schedule I've had all semester. I forgot she said the light was so dusty. Yeah, she really like the photos are just like pretty generic. Like the air quality was shit. It was amazing. Rusty says he covered for her too. He told the teacher that she had a hair dryer accident. So she needs to show up bald, which she can present again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she just gives him a kiss and she's like, awesome. Thank you so much. And she's really not like She's not worked up enough about this. She doesn't get worked up about anything except my boyfriend's a KT. <laughs> That's true. That's the one time we've kind of seen her worked up this entire or show. That Casey and Cappy are together. That'd be so weird for me. That's, yeah. Th- those are the only times she's shown emotion. There's really something like unrealistic about this. Like, like I get not being <laughs> into school, <laughs> but like just even like like it's giving like you just got a digital camera for Christmas and like you take a couple of photos and like think you're a photographer. Therefore, you like don't need school anymore or like anything else. We will get to it, but I have so many thoughts on this. Yeah. Later. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll move on for now. I have so many thoughts on this. So her timeline okay. is insane. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're at the ZBZ house. This one woman is just talking about her kids, but Ashley's trying to seem really interested. And Ashley's wearing this cute like sailor outfit with all these anchors. And she has like an anchor necklace and like a little newsboy cop. I think this is one of my favorite outfits of Ashley's. Also, just the big jugs of um, lemonade and the punch were really like really bringing back memories. Really triggering. Yeah, it it didn't seem like a fun event. It seemed like is something that they were all kind of drudging through. So this is the first time that Ashley, or I guess this is the first time we're seeing Ashley and Rebecca talk in this episode. And Rebecca is really mad at her because she kind of calls out the double standard of how she's treating her versus Fisher and how it's really hypocritical. And Ashley's not budging. She's pretty much saying that she's like going to continue to not forgive Rebecca because she's so mad at her but Rebecca decides that like they should make a bet on who can raise more money so if they if Rebecca wins Ashley has to forgive her and if Ashley wins then Rebecca will be permanent sober sister because historically that's how forgiveness works yeah right well it's been a whole two weeks so she really needs to get over it I don't even know if it's been two. <laughs> Maybe a week. This timeline? 
I know it could have been honestly just hours. Like we don't, we, the, the days are <laughs> really all blended together. To now um, we're at this like sweet 16 party. I honestly was a little confused at first. I thought this was still the founder's day episode or the, still the founder's day set. And then like, I was like, wait, who are these girls? And it's these girls who are standing by like a car with a bow on it. So we get the idea that it's a super sweet 16 for like a wealthy teen. And Evan is uh cater waitering. And so is Olivia Munn, a.k.a. Lana. Yeah. And so Evan's like serving cake to these girls and they're being rude to him. They're like, they're like kind of being rude to him in a way that they're flirting with him. Like they clearly have a crush on him, but uh, they're kind of just. Yeah, flexing. they're really playing into the princess and the pauper. <laughs> yeah, they're flexing their wealth. And Evan's so annoyed because he's like, he's probably thinking like, okay, I've been here. He knows, he knows what it's like to be like a rich teen. Cappy has crashed the event. Because he's not working. He's just like in his street clothes and he's trying to flirt with Lana. And Lana's mm-hmm. still not really buying it. But he kind of like tricks her into saying yes to drinks. Yeah, they have like a conversation in riddles. Yeah, it's it's truly riddles. It's like, did you say yes to the first no? Or did you say no to the second yes? But she's definitely yeah, loving it. Like, like you can tell. Into, yeah, she, oh. She wants that Cappy D for sure. She has been thinking about it since they first encountered each other. She's playing hard to get, which honestly respect. Lana kind of exits the frame. And then we have this quick little scene with Evan and Cappy. And Evan's talking about how he and Casey are friends again after their pot brownies. And Cappy's like not okay with it, but then says like he you can tell that he's upset about that because I think he's still jealous yeah and then Lana comes back and she's like we have a request from the birthday girl she wants Evan to shirt to serve them shirtless so weird and also like inappropriate age difference situation so now we're at the founder's day once again and Casey's giving a tour to Doris and her grandson and she's like showing them the second floor she's showing them all the bedrooms and Doris every time Casey says something you can tell that Casey's really just trying to like kiss up and like you know look how amazing we are like you should really give us money and Doris is not buying it she's yeah, like Doris like hates Casey right off the bat yeah she's being extremely anti-Casey like there's no she's finding nothing that Casey is doing remotely charming and I mean Casey is definitely asking for money like you can tell she's kind of trying to make it seem subtle but it's it's coming like Doris definitely has a history of this as we find out soon because I think Doris kind of walks out of frame I'm not really sure where she goes but we have this moment with Casey and the grandson where the grandson is like yeah, uh, Doris is always getting asked for money, so you should stop sucking up to her. And also, it's like, why did Doris come then? And just so we know, I didn't put it here. I don't know when it said, but his name is Nate. They didn't, I feel like they didn't say they it until They never later. said it until, like, way later. I was calling him grandson. And I was too, yeah. Oh, I had Nate. no idea his name was Nate and, until you said yeah. that. Archibald. <laughs> Nate Archibald? Yeah, so weird too no not any dark he says like gossip girl yeah doris spends her whole life getting hit up for money yeah it's a little weird and i think this is where we start to get the 
the the beginnings of a flirtation between the two of them. Yeah, definitely. There's an ember burning. And so now we're at the double date, the infamous double date. <laughs> the crux of the plot. <laughs> this is like the pinnacle of the episode, which honestly I had forgotten <laughs> about this scene, but I guess it does. There is like an important detail here that comes back later. As they approach, Grant's talking to Calvin and he's really nervous that Rusty's going to recognize him. And Calvin's like, no, don't worry. That was a year ago. But when they sit down, they're kind of at like this outdoor like food truck style. They're at the same place that Casey and Evan once went to. Oh yeah. To talk about getting into Harvard. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't think we've been here since then. It was when she had the folder. Rusty immediately clocks Grant, he's like, you look familiar. But Calvin and Grant kind of try to, like, assuage the conversation. Calvin is asking Jordan questions about, you know, her hobbies, photography, to kind of distract Rusty from, like, knowing who Grant is. You don't know at this point why, like, Grant... I mean, you get, like, an idea that he did something bad to Rusty, but we don't really know why he's like, doesn't want Rusty to recognize him. Yeah, Grant's being really cagey, and we're not sure. Then Grant is, like, once again trying to bring the conversation off of him and back to Jordan, and he, he says that his friend from home is a professional photographer in New York, and she's been, like, she's 23 and is already shooting for Teen Vogue, and he's like, I can connect you with her, and Jordan's, like, amazing. But then uh, he also starts talking about how she dropped out of college. And like, that's kind of how she's been able to achieve the success. And Jordan's like, I didn't even know you could do that. And Rusty, like, Rusty is immediately nervous. Like we see his, this like switch in his brain. And he's immediately trying to like convince Jordan that this is a terrible idea. And like, she should definitely not drop out of college. And then also realize, like yeah, you probably shouldn't either. Like that's especially- like everybody like Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of college, and it's like uh, it's circumstantial. As someone who's changed their mind five times in the last five days about what they want to do with their life, like <laughs> like we don't make this decision on a whim. Rusty starts to get like kind of angry, and in in that moment, he realizes that Grant is one of the Omega Kai's who taped him to the wall last year in fairness though last episode kt's taped him to a wall too well saran wrap so you know (laughs) yeah double standard i also think too uh, the idea that jordan didn't know you could drop out of college once again like i just am having (laughs) a hard time believing that like you wouldn't know that's an option when college is something you completely voluntarily pay for and do if you don't know you can drop out of college you should probably be in college. She probably stay in school. Good point. Also, like, she acts like she is in a major, like, business or, like, polymer science or something that's so far away from this newfound goal. She should be a business major. Like, she is in, she's, uh, like, an art history major or a liberal arts major. Like, that's not that far away from this goal. Like, I don't understand. No. She's acting if she's couldn't be further from achieving this it's like you're a sophomore you just transferred here and you're in an arts major already you're fine yeah what I'm also having a hard time with with her is that like she just discovered this hobby maybe last episode and like she she... discovered it taking a somewhat (laughs) racist photo of her sorority sisters this is what's made her decide to blow her life up no I I think she liked photography before because she had that nice camera. 
Right. Well, was oh, the yeah, she did have the camera. I will say, though, that like photography, she, that's something she can definitely do. Like no one like would stop her from like, even if she's in a liberal arts major, she can 100 percent still like go take photos. Yes. It's the idea that she has to completely I take pictures school. every day. Same. She maybe Jordan could have been the, one of the original like Instagram influencers. Oh, God. <laughs> she could have been Tumblr famous. Now we're at the ZBC house and they're doing this like Founders Day play and it's really bizarre. I have no idea what's going on. Somebody's Ashley's dressed as like a wood nymph and <laughs> Casey has a mustache and like it's one of their infamous skits. Yes. Yeah, so Casey is dressed as like this man in a cowboy hat and mustache and she's kind of making flirty eyes at Doris's grandson. And... I mean, she looks like Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> that's so that's how she's flirting. <laughs> yeah. Teddy. And Ashley's even kind of like, this is weird that he's the only boy here. And Casey's mm-hmm. like, no, it's so sweet that he came with his grandma. Then the Nate, he walks up to Casey and they're kind of talking about how she's having a hard time getting Doris to give them any money. And he then starts to kind of flirt with her. And he's like, let's get drinks tonight. We can discuss some ideas about that. And Casey's, like, really awestruck. You know, she's been single, what, four days and is immediately, like, this man. Yeah. She's down bad. Laura finds her. This is a really funny Laura moment. And she's like, your stupid brother is here and he's waiting in the kitchen. We see this quick shot of, like, the cast. And Rebecca is literally just standing there, like, as a tree. <laughs> I feel like this play is, like, true American and New Girl where you never know how it's actually played. Like, oh, you yeah. never know what the play is, like, actually about. At one point, Casey says, I have to go storm Atlanta. <laughs> I know. I didn't realize how much, like, acting was required in joining a sorority. Did you guys do skits? No. Thank God, no. Maybe was, sing a little song, for sure. I was going to say, there's a lot of dancing and a lot of, like, awkward, hushed singing. And matching outfits. Away to college. <laughs> you Beautiful. Miracles in life. Oh, you know. Miles can choose them for you. You have to choose them for yourself. You must also. Wow. <laughs> well, you both sound like. Yeah. You sound like those girls, Erin, that I always send you. There are these two sisters that sing like in perfect unison. It sounds like one voice. That's what you two just sounded in like. Such hushed tones. They. <laughs> Usually both of them know the lyrics, so and not just <laughs> Jacqueline knowing the lyrics. I was a little you know, flat on that last choose. Honestly, they was... would and they would like criticize us. Yeah, they would be like, "You need to enunciate more," and because oh it was God. supposed to be pause, like you're supposed to have these like perfectly timed pauses, which they never were. But it was like supposed, to, so it was dead quiet in between when you would stop. It was actually quite haunting. Yeah, it was. So you're kind it of expected to be a convert- singer. It kind of. Oh yeah, I mean they don't. It's yeah, it's carry a you tune. have to. Gotta carry a tune. So now we're in the kitchen and Rusty is at the house and he starts asking Casey about Jordan. He's like, Has she said anything to you recently, like about her academics? Like she's so she's been acting really weird lately and like detached. And Casey's like it's okay, also not- so unhinged for him to storm in in the middle of the day and ask her this. Like, yeah, no, but it is it is bizarre, especially since he knew she was like doing a performance. Casey says, like, not everyone's known what they wanted to do since they were born, like you. Uh, basically, then, like Casey's supposed to be going back on stage because Beth is like calling for her from 
from the cast, I guess, if you will. And she's like, maybe Jordan is into photography and maybe that's like the direction she should go. And because like Rusty mentions that she's been really into photography after her <laughs> um, really quick, after her like photo shoot at Main Street and her photo shoot at the sorority. And Casey's like, okay, I gotta go. But like, she doesn't really offer the advice that Rusty wants to hear. Uh, Because I guess Rusty wants to hear that, like, Jordan should stay in college and not follow what she wants to do, essentially. He wants to hear her say, uh, Rusty, go get a little box and put a camera underneath it and hold it up by a twig. And then when Jordan crawls under the box, you remove the twig and you trap her in the box forever. So she has to stay with you. It wouldn't be that hard if it was in the KT house. Put a, yeah. put a hamburger out there. Yeah, you can have any cake. Another thing he could have done too, which I was thinking the episode may go in destruction, is like destroy the camera. <laughs> oh my God. Thomas. Thomas, that's toxic. <laughs> I kind of like that. I know, but like, couldn't you see Rusty doing that? Stomping on the camera. Well, he goes the supporter. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So we see the wheels immediately turning in Rusty's brain after that conversation with Casey. So he's walking in, he's like taking Jordan into what we learn is like the photography department. And he's saying that they're going to meet with this photography professor that can help her get into the major. And as soon as they walk up to this woman, she's holding this framed photo of an eye She's like, what does this mean? And Rusty says, like, kind of nothing. And then Jordan's like, well, it doesn't mean anything without context. And the professor's like, exactly right. That's exactly right. As Because everybody knows with art, there's objectively one correct answer. That would be exactly right. It is a funny picture, though. It does look like the pictures that, again, I know I keep referencing this, but, like, someone would take up with the digital camera of their eye and put it on face. And they'd, what a cool picture of my eye. Yes, like, in or, like, in photo booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan is kind of like giving her elevator pitch to this professor. And the professor's like, okay, like, that's totally great. I look at uh, portfolios in May, which we know once we got our timeline straight that that's the end of next semester at this point. So they're about to finish the first semester. It would be one more semester. And then those people would start in the fall. So it would be less than a year away, probably like eight months before she could be in this major. Kind of the standard timeline of really anything and evolving right now. Yeah, actually, if I heard, oh, I have until May to work on my portfolio because she doesn't, she said in the beginning of the scene that she doesn't have a portfolio. I would be like, oh, that's actually perfect. Yeah. I can have time to get my, like my photos together. And I'll start my junior year when most people start taking classes for their major. Like if I heard this, I'd be like, oh, it's actually perfect timing. Yeah. But she immediately loses interest. She's so (laughs) mad. She's like, oh my gosh, next fall. She's so upset that it doesn't start till then. It's just her. (laughs) She wants things so instantaneously. I can't even understand going abroad. Well, it had to happen that semester. Like 
things take time, Jordan. You think right. you're going to wake up and become Annie Leibovitz? Like, come on. I have to wait another year, she says. You just figured out that you even want this. Let's let's see if you actually still want to do it in a year, because I'm not so certain you will. Yeah, what if the lighting's not dusty in a year? And you don't have a portfolio. So what's she going to look at now anyway? Well, we find out, but still. Yeah, she, this is really unhealthy. It's like a really unhealthy sort of like dire need to have something that moment. And then if you don't get what you want in that moment, it's like you completely just give up on it. She throws a little bitch fit. Guess I'll just drop out of school then. Yeah, she can't wait eight months. She just like slinks out of the department like, oh, and Rusty trailing behind her. He's like rightfully confused. <laughs> Rusty, like I will say that was very, it, it was selfish, but it was sweet of him. Like, I do think this is the right idea. If I had a partner and he was very interested in photography and suddenly wanted to be a photographer, but was thinking of leaving school, this would be like an understandable route to take, like supporting that person's passions while showing them that there's an actual step-by-step plan you can follow he's being pretty realistic I don't totally get why I needed to be a surprise but no (laughs) it is like it is also kind of sad like you can just see her delusion too because she thinks she's like so good that she doesn't need a portfolio like she just shows this professor the one photo she took yesterday and like (laughs) that's enough (laughs) it's so weird anyway so Ashley is showing the fireplace to that alumna who won't stop talking about her kids. And then she's like, yeah, I miss my kids, but I also miss the gossip of the sorority. Like, tell me some good gossip. Relatable. And Ashley's like, okay. Like, she starts saying, like, this person's failing German and, like, just, like, little things. And this girl is like, no, tell me the real gossip. And Ashley points out Rebecca and is like, she kissed my boyfriend. I was saying no 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 don't do this when she is doing and it and the alumna is so upset she says she gets my boyfriend at a kt party and the alumna goes you're hanging out with kts now uh-oh oh fish yeah and so she's really upset that they're hanging out with kts she's also upset by rebecca kissing ashley's boyfriend and then ashley tells her about the bet she's like yeah and if i don't raise enough money i have to forgive her and the alumna goes give me my purse so now we see Casey with Doris's grandson, aka Nate, at Dobbler's. And she goes up to the bar and she's like, Oh, I'll order. It's easier for girls to get service here. And he's like, Okay, I'll get a table. And she asks for two drops, which by the way, she doesn't get. She gets oh, I two- thought she said two drafts. Oh, I thought she said two drops and she meant lemon drops, but you're probably right. Because she gets two beers. I heard both. Like, yeah, I was I wasn't sure either. And then when I saw the beers, I was like, I guess it was drafts. Yeah. Um, so then Cappy approaches and she's like, oh, do you want me to order a drink for you? You know, and he's like, oh, I need two. And then, yeah. And then Lana walks up. This made me sick to my stomach. I think there's like some, I'm having some like personal trauma involved with like right. these interactions because it's really like really getting to me. You're really hating the Olivia Munn cameo. No, it's not even Olivia Munn. It's just somebody showing up with Cappy mm-hmm. and Casey having to witness it. Yeah. Like it's, it's my worst nightmare. It's my worst nightmare. I should chill. It's so, and it was like stirring something personally in my gut that is very unpleasant. Also, it's the same character that Olivia Munn always plays, where like kind of like snarky up like to another person. Like we'll see in a second. Is it a character? Very like coolly and slightly. I know your her knuckles are white. Very slyly, like Lana met motions for two beers. Like she does it just like very coolly. 
And then Casey's kind of being overly sweet to her. She's like, oh, where do you go to school? She's like, I don't. I work. And Casey's like, okay. Erin looks like she's going to vomit. <laughs> so then Casey's like, oh, I'm here with a date. They look back. They see Nate, who looks like such a nerd. And he's like, she's like, you know. Lana goes, oh, wow. He got he's a- ridiculously hot. Lana says, oh, wow. He got a table. Like, does he share? It's so weird. Why do you want to share? You don't even know this girl. And so Casey's like, okay, you guys want to sit with us? And they do. And so Casey's kind of introing Nate to Lana and Cappy and says, yeah, he came with his grandma. Isn't that sweet? Wait, he said, she says for like Founders Day and Cappy says, you look a little young and male <laughs> as EVZ founder. <laughs> and then Nate says, oh no, like Doris isn't my grandma. And Casey's like, mm, well, what is she? And he's like, oh, I'm her helper. I'm her helperish friend. And Lana goes, what does a helperish friend do? She gets right in the mix. Well, because he's being weird about he's it. He's being so cagey and weird. You could just be like, I'm her assistant. I'm her assistant, exactly. Or just like, I am her like elderly helper. Like she's fucking old. Like it wouldn't be that weird. So, but it's immediately clear that that he's having sex. With everybody Doris. knows you fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody knows. He says that when <laughs> Doris's husband died, she needed an extra set of hands, and Cappy is like, "Ooh," and then Nate goes, "Is Cappy a Dutch name?" So now we're at the Amphora Society and Cappy and it's Evan, just Cappy and Evan are filling the urn with red wine. And um, the Amphora. Yeah. And I think Evan tries to make a joke where he's like, I feel like I really earned this wine today. And yeah. Cappy's like, no, not funny. Oh my God, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. And then Cappy is telling Evan that he met Casey's date. And he's like, I don't know, something is weird with this guy. And he's like, I also am pretty sure he lifted a tip off of a table. <laughs> but I going, he says, I can't tell Casey that. She'll just accuse me of being jealous. And Evan says, well, are you? And Cappy says, no, I need someone else to talk to her. And then he looks at Evan. Why would her other ex-boyfriend be the better option is my question. They're dumb. Yeah, they're stupid. And um, Evan is like, okay, fine. I'll do it. And then they kind of are like, he, he says, Talk to her and warn her off the quote douche Bigelow. What does Bigelow mean? I don't know. I think well, he think I think it wasn't that someone that's like maybe when you big up highly praise something that is not really worthy of praise. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I didn't either. Oh, you just Bigelowed that. That is just not worth. Oh, Bigelow-ing. but it's a it's a show. Deuce, Deuce Bigelow. Oh, and so Douche both? Bigelow is a both play on this. This one, director Mike Bigelow, <laughs> the director of Deuce Bigelow, B I G A L O W, is Mike Bigelow, B I G E L O W, and also Rob Schneider, isn't it? <laughs> yeah okay. i'm so confused we right have to now. do more of a deep dive on deuce bigelow but it's, it's calling deuce him- is tricked again again 
Deuce's trick again into number two. man whoring by TJ. Oh, number two. This is the second one. I guess. I don't know. European gigolo. Deuce Bigelow, European gigolo. <laughs> I'm so confused. Anyway, it's a play on this He's movie. Tricked. He's okay, so I guess it is. Wow. Oh my god. There's a lot going on here. But he is making a play on this movie when he says that. <laughs> my Evan is like, by the way. How am I supposed to warn Casey about someone that I've never met? Wait, real quick. That just reminds me of that episode of The Office where um, Dwight lies about going to the dentist and he says his dentist's name is Crentist. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Maybe that's why he became a dentist. Maybe that's why <laughs> Mike Bigelow directed Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> that is a strange coincidence. It is. That was just a weird rabbit hole. Yeah, that was. We gotta look into Sorry that. for Googling in the middle of the pod. I think that always throws us off. So Rusty and Calvin are walking around campus and Rusty confides in Calvin that he is scared that Jordan might leave CRU and leave school. And Calvin is like, okay, school <laughs> isn't for everybody. Like, that's fine if she doesn't want to be in school. And Rusty's like, well, she'd be making a huge mistake. Massive. Huge. And huge. He literally says, and I have to stop that. He gets so impassioned. Stop it. And he tells Calvin to drop his jacket back at the house because he's not going to need it. And Calvin is like, is this another one of your bad ideas? (laughs) And Rusty says, no, it's a great idea. Mm, Calvin, your gut is correct. So now Rebecca is approaching an alumna at the ZBZ Founders Day. And every time we are there, they're just looking at different poster boards. Yeah, the maps. In different maps or composites or whatever. And this alumna like already knows about Rebecca. She's like, oh, you are the one that kissed Ashley's boyfriend. And she says, I'm giving my money to Ashley. And Rebecca storms over to Ash. and She loses it rightfully. Yeah, I would be upset about this too. It's embarrassing and like unwarranted. She storms over to Ashley and she's like, uh, did she tell everyone that she forgave her boyfriend, but not me? And she says, I guess Ashley has a different standard for boyfriends than she does sisters. Zing. So then we see Casey approach Doris, who's looking at her composite. And, you know, Casey's trying to play up the nostalgia, which Nate had suggested. And she's like, look at this. Like, what a great year. And Doris is like, Casey, you should just admit when you're being obvious. And it's like, okay, Doris, why are you here? The whole reason you're here is to donate money. Yeah, or just like stop being rude. I don't know. Also, maybe Casey should just assign Rebecca to Doris. Yeah. Like, I don't know why she's taking think- it upon herself when this woman has established that she doesn't like her. I think they would get along, actually. Yeah, me too. So Casey says something like, oh, what a great year. Like, some things don't change. And Doris is like, well... It's not the same as it was. The house looks like hell. (laughs) And then Casey's like, no, some things are the same. And right as she says that, the Omega Kai's come in serenading them, which Doris loves. I'm like, this would freak me out. And then Evan walks up to her and Casey thanks him for coming and like serenading. She's like, we really need you to do that. Thank you. And that's when Evan spots Casey looking at names. Like, do I de- detect a Cartwright crush? So weird. It's weird. And then Nate comes up to them and they kind of like, Evan's like, hey, I'm Evan. Like they, they exchange pleasantries. And immediately when Nate walks away, Evan says, can we have a second? And Nate's like, oh, okay. And he turns to Casey and he goes, 
I don't trust him. <laughs> like he, he says, I don't like that douche Bigelow. Well, he says that after. And oh. that's when he's like, I don't trust him. And Casey says, are you jealous? And Evan's like, no, no, I'm just, I'm your friend, but I just don't trust that douche Bigelow. And she goes, that sounds like Kathy. Who? <laughs> and I, again, I said, Evan, what? you're hot. You're not funny. Stop trying to be funny. If you, yeah, you can't steal a joke from a still hot, but less hot, funny man. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. You can tell that Cappy went through a phase where he maybe wasn't as cute or was awkward and had to become funny. Some people don't have that to develop camp. a sense of humor. Others do. What was that camp called, Thomas? It was like Camp Kitchiwawa. Yeah, I knew you'd know. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thomas is going to win our Jeopardy game. So <laughs> I'm going to lose for sure. So Rusty and Calvin are breaking into Jordan's room. I don't know how they get in, but they do. I- I'm sure she is somebody who does not her door. Yeah, that's so cool. I think yeah, I think the door was just open. What are they going to steal? Her the brown sheets. <laughs> so they break into the room. And they're going to get the pictures off of her computer to give to this photography professor. Calvin says to Rusty, you're doing this for you. You're not doing this for Jordan. Yeah, well, he says, are you sure? And it's like, yeah, good read, Calvin. Like, again, Calvin is the only one who has a level head about anything. Yeah. And so then we hear the doors start to open. Oh, my God. This is, I can't believe I got stuck talking about this scene. This is the worst atrocity to ever be committed on this show. I This is, like, really, really, like, I wouldn't even call it borderline. I was like, that crossed, that barreled through boundaries i'm actually shocked that this aired on abc family and that it's not like a deleted scene like yeah this this is so it's deeply offensive so go ahead okay (laughs) sure so this is jack (laughs) so calvin and hides in the closet once again they always make calvin hide in closets like please stop it's pride month (laughs) no Happy pride. So he's hiding in the closet and Rusty's like, surprise. And Jordan's like, oh, what are you doing? Um, you know, why are you surprising me? And she says, um, did you think we'd play Stephen Hawking and the naughty scientist girl again? And that's when she fully pins Rusty to the bed. Calvin looks like he's going to vomit in the closet, rightfully so. She pins Rusty to the bed and she's going, say it, say it, Rusty, say it. And he's like, no, 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 no. And then mimicking Stephen Hawking, which I will not do. I will not do it. No, do not. But mimicking Stephen Hawking, Rusty says, take off your clothes. Like not even a vocal mimic, a full body mimic. A full body mimic. Yes. And I would like to pause here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are we being too hard on Rusty in this scene? <laughs> we can maybe rag on him a little bit on this. Too. I, it's horrible. It's actually so gross. Like, it's actually really, 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 really fucked it's, up. Like, this is the most fucked up thing that I think we've seen on this show. It is such a disturbing scene on so many levels. And so, finally, he, like, convinced her to leave the room. They're going to go foreplay by studying. Is the fact that they've says. done this this before. This is not the first time. This doesn't come out. Of, I, I can't even get into how they would start exploring to find out no, this no, is no, something no, no, that no, they no, want no, to do. No. Calvin comes out of the closet and he's still somehow like 
together enough to be able to actually complete this mission because I would be truly vomiting but he comes out of the closet he goes oh straight people (laughs) but he is shaken a little he's very shaken but he goes and he steals the pictures we see him on her laptop so now Casey is like outside I'm thinking they went to a movie together you don't really know but they're like sitting outside the movie theater is together her and Nate and she's like I haven't done much dating lately and he goes yeah me either you know it's hard with Doris and she's like so what exactly do you do for Doris and he's like oh I'm just a friend that helps her out and she's kind of like pressing him about it and he goes it's complicated let's keep it not complicated and then goes in and kisses her it was yeah, he really says, I want to keep this simple after they pull away then he's like oh by the way I talked to Doris and she will be writing ZBZ a check in case he's so excited a huge oh, check that's great and he goes yeah so you know, once you give me my percentage, you'll still have plenty left for the house. And she's like, pardon, come again. He's like, yeah, I just want a 20% cut. 20% is also huge. egregious for a broker fee. And for a broker fee. He's like, I want a 20% cut, but I'll give you like rent. <laughs> oh my God, Harper is horrified. Harper, Harper heard the, and she heard the last scene being recapped. <laughs> she's really gross. She said, what is going on in this show Um, (laughs) and he doesn't he say he'll give her 15 he'll do only 15 just like a friend no he says i'll do 15 since you're so hot so she's like this money is a charitable donation like i'm gonna tell doris you're doing that and And she didn't ask him for help he offered it yeah and he's like well you don't want to do anything that you'd regret and she says i'd already have and then she storms off Yes. So now Rusty, I need a second. <sighs> Rusty brings Jordan to an art show and she's like, I can't believe you'd want to go to this. And he said, I have a feeling there's something here that I want to see. Yeah, we know it's a scheme. It, it has scheme energy before they even start talking. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you belong in the photography department at CRU. And if the professor doesn't look at your performance, portfolio maybe she'll hit your first public showing and then he walks up and all of her stock photos of main (laughs) street cru from two days ago two days ago are hanging on the wall i'm just like imagining if like somebody did this to me and it was like the just the last couple photos that i have like your camera on your on your camera shot of a cookie recipe like a duck a close-up of like a zit that you got like seeing if it's really that noticeable yeah it's crazy and she's like thrilled by this they look like facebook photos they're not even framed they're so bad they're not good pictures either they're bad photos i cannot say that enough that's when rusty sees the professor calls her over reintroduces jordan and is like take a look at her pictures what do you think and she looks at them she's like well they're amateurish which yeah true but they have good composition and she says to rusty are you gonna keep annoying me until i let her in (laughs) and rusty's like probably he says you can count on it which i do like that level of self-awareness from him yeah say like i know he's again doing this for very selfish reasons it is sweet and he but jordan's not advocating for herself at all like rusty is doing everything for her Aren't you tired of being the parent in this relationship? No, You're having to it. cover for her in class. You're having to get her into her major. Like if I was like, if I was Some men in like the that. role of reverse, I'd be like, ew, this is gross. Someone like that. Also, um, after this 
scene, I was like, oh, Rusty's advisor can definitely write a letter of recommendation of annoying a professor until they give them what they want, for sure. He's persistent, if nothing else. He is very, very persistent. So the professor's like, okay, you can start class next semester, which we find out, which is also in, mind you, like maybe a month. Still not soon enough for good old Jord. She says the program is three years and it ends with an art show. And Jordan says, and then what? And the professor says, and then you'll do what everybody else does. You'll be an assistant and you'll work your way up. And Jordan is not pleased. She's not happy. What an insane thing to say. And then what? Are you asking a professor? And then what after you to get you a job? To get you a job. And then what do I do? You give me like an art gallery. Like I know she wants everything now. She's like, I'm not willing to wait. She's not waiting. She's not willing to learn. Yeah, she's not willing to learn. Your pictures, your pictures aren't good, girlfriend. You have to wait it out. You have to develop a skill. Yeah, I feel like there is a rare case in which like, in like, in which case leaving school is like a good idea. I feel like if you're working already at a level where it's like, you pretty much are at that level, but she's not like she just started. She has no portfolio. Her whole thing is like, I don't need to learn anything else. And it's like, actually, to be an artist, it's important to understand art and other people's work. She's not like she the other should artists. know. She should know. Seeing as the Sistine Chapel was, yeah, was a huge revelation for her. Evan is walking through campus and he finds Casey moping on a bench after her failed date, and she apologizes for accusing him of being jealous. Um, and then we see Cappy start to walk up and then see them and then dive into a bush where it's like you can still exist in this universe you're allowed to walk past them on a bench like I don't understand the secrecy but maybe I guess maybe just being in a secret society makes them want to be secret I don't know and so Casey says I shouldn't have started dating as soon I'm not ready after Max and everything and now knowing the timeline yeah I guess true 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 Two weeks ago, her boyfriend left her for another continent and her love of her life said, actually, I'm good. So that's kind of a lot to get over. Evan says, you are ready. You're just not ready to date jerks. That's sweet. And then he offers to walk her home and she says, I'm good. And they hug, which I think it's cute and sweet. Yeah. And then she leaves and Cappy crawls out of the bushes and Evan tells Cappy that he was right about the douche bigelow. And then they kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and then they look directly in the camera and they say, happy pride. Happy pride. And then they kiss. <laughs> then um, director Mike Bigelow walks out and says, cut. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rob Schneider. <laughs> and then Rob Schneider. And then his Rob daughter, Schneider. Elle King, performs in- <laughs> X's and O's. In ZBZ lettered shirts. <laughs> Jordan Rusty are walking out of the showcase. And with the energy of somebody when you know they're about to say something that you're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Why are you talking to me like this? Again, very triggered by this episode, apparently. She's like, thank you so much for everything. And hey, just a heads up, I, I did go ahead and turn down the offer from Professor Belsky. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
literally you couldn't have why did you need to turn it down right now you couldn't have thought about it for five seconds you couldn't have like sent an email later <laughs> she says the most out of pocket thing I, I she says i took classes in community college in every subject and even study abroad i just waiting to buy time until i figured out what i wanted to do that's college that exactly that's getting an education she says and now i want to be an artist and I just need to go do it. And I think that's ill-advised. <laughs> she goes, I don't want to study art. I want to be an artist. Which is crazy. How about be at a program where they supply you with like equipment that's hundreds of thousands of dollars probably. Like they give you all of these resources. They give you <laughs> to say To say, I don't want to study art. I want to be an artist. What are you saying? Do they are one and the same thing. Then she says, I talked to Grant's friend earlier today and she offered me an internship. Dot, 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 in New York. Well, at first, when she says she's dropping out, Rusty says, well, that's okay. You can live here. You can work in Ohio. You can get an apartment in the building that I live in. Oh, yeah. He's like, Make it work, make it work, make it work, make it work. So it's looking like Jordan's off to New York. Um, and I, I wrote here, pretends to be sad. Jordan may be departing. <laughs> Concrete jungle where dreams are made of. It's calling her name. There's nothing she can't do. She can get so many mustard colored knitted beanies. And you know what? The light's always dusty in Midtown. That's so, so true. It's dusty right now. Look yeah. outside. Yeah, I will say too, like one more thing about this. I feel like it's kind of disrespectful the way she's going about this because clearly she has the money to pay for college. Like it's one thing if like you can't, like it's people like, it's so hard to afford school, but she's just like, I, she's basically saying I'm too good for this. Yeah. She the unbridled confidence that this woman has like I wish I could channel just an ounce of that like she is so sure that with no real skill she is going to be able to immediately become a famous photographer she requires no training no studying of art no photos other than a couple of dusty main street pics here's an idea could you get on on the phone and ask to do that in the summer because I actually think that's when they do them just say hey how about what about the summer and then I could continue my education but no she can go to New York in January which is the bleakest time to be here yeah she also Um, mentions it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and I'm like well you can be I feel like photographers will always need assistance but like she'll never actually be able to become a photographer if she doesn't become like good at taking photos that's the thing exactly she has no skill she has yet to learn the skill of photography she has a canon dslr but by that measure we were all photographers in she 2013 she only has composition the professor just said you need a lot of like the way that she didn't even register in her brain anyway so now we're back at the cbc house Rebecca and Ashley are tallying the raise money and Ashley says well you know what I got more donors the rules are changing so that means I win and then Ashley says honestly it doesn't matter anyway because I can't forgive you for all this stuff that you did to me and Rebecca's like whatever like I'm over this everyone's always going to treat me like that house slut then fine and she storms out and I'm like yeah honestly Ashley 
making this wager was cruel and it's like not nice to do that to a human who is like legitimately trying to earn your forgiveness and then like dangling it in front of her and being like well I mean I can't forgive you anyway because of course you can't that's not how forgiveness works like usually I'm heavily team Ashley but I thought that was kind of fucked up and then Casey walks in as Rebecca is leaving and Doris storms in right after her And she says, Nate just told me how you threw yourself at him. And she demands a kitty passing. Ew, I hate this. I know. Casey's like, what? Oh my God, what have you been talking about? So then we cut to this scene where they're kind of like holding court. Doris and Casey are in the middle. They're surrounded by some of the alumni and, and some of the actives. And um, the person holding Pussy Willow is the one who can talk. (laughs) And Doris and Casey are just, like, going at each other. Like, Doris is accusing her of all these, like, weird things, Nate-related. And Casey's like, that's not what happened. Like, he, yes, I kissed him, but he kissed me and then said this. And Doris is just not having it. And then this, like, much older alum. (laughs) Who we have not seen before. (laughs) We have not seen she's old like she is like late 80s early 90s she asked for pussy willow and she says can i say something um and she says i can't remember half the boys that i slept with when i was a cbc besides this one who basically had the hindenburg in his pants and everyone's like okay and then she gets to her point and she's saying that she, they're always going to remember their sisters and not so much the guys. And she I has this spunky little attitude true. about her. I think it's true. I mean, if you put it in the context of friends. Sure, sure, sure. Which I think is what she's Do doing. Do you remember all the people I was in the sorority with? No, I can't name half of them. <laughs> can't name half of them. Ran into one on the street last year with another girl who I did know. She was like, oh, you know her. I was like, no, we've never met. She was like, I was in your sorority. <laughs> and we were in a small sorority. I know. It's like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, 50-50 on that, I guess. She says, sisters before misters is the golden rule. And then Casey takes back Pussy Willow and says they need to be honest about um you know what they're doing here they're trying to get money because they're in trouble and they are number one they're fourth-ish which is a huge blow to everyone and she says we just need to make money and have improvements and have the best rush on campus anyone has ever seen and then the older alum takes pussy will again and says sisters before everything else i have to pee and then throws (laughs) throws pussy will into an open flame and walks out and the woman scattered trying to save pw i hate that the cat is named pussy <laughs> i love it <laughs> trying to say it as much as i can. i know i could tell <laughs> you kept saying it i didn't even write it down i just wrote the cat pussy willow. <laughs> if you spin around and then you look in the mirror and you say pussy willow three times in the mirror mirror pussy willow will appear no you get a huge check from a, an alumni <laughs> from the ghost of an alumni so now we're in rusty's apartment all the lights are off no one's talking <laughs> and rusty's like do you want like something to drink or something he offers her milk you know, he wouldn't have milk. <laughs> and jordan says we talk about tonight and rusty says i helped you i supported you i encouraged you now you're just gonna leave i'm sorry that's how I get repaid for being a good boyfriend. Yes. I gasped. Not nice. It was mean. It's full incel. This is what I get for being a nice guy. 
And then he says, you do stuff for someone because you love them. And then they wake up and say, so long. And it, this is the first time that we've heard love with these two. <laughs> Which convenient, convenient you love her now as a boy to make her stay. Um, and they're both weepy. They're both wrong is the crazy thing too. Like, yes, it, it's annoying because I think Rusty doing what he did up until this point was like somewhat sweet. Yes, it was self-serving, but it was like, it was sweet. Like he was very determined to like make this work, I guess. But then to like hold you doing something she didn't ask you to do against her. Like she didn't tell you to do this. To want her to she not did. do what she wants because you were being nice is very twisted. Yeah. yeah. And then Jordan's just being out of her gourd. And so then Jordan says, watching you know what you want helped me realize that I need to find something like that for myself. And then she says, but I just want to do long distance. I don't want to break up. I don't want this to end. And she's saying, how is this different from when I was going to go to Europe? Where it was like, still, were you going to stay together then? And then he says, well, with Europe, you were coming back. Yeah, that's fair. And it we end on a note where it seems like Jordan's leaving. And I will say, I don't, I can't have her leave before I know why it would be so weird for her if Casey and Kathy were dating. There are so many unanswered questions. Yeah, that's, I can't have that be a mystery. That would be so weird for me. We'll never Wait, know. Casey, you're dating. That would be so weird for me. You do a really good Jordan impression. <laughs> <laughs> I think about it a lot. You should be Jordan for um, Halloween. She oh could. God. You could. You should be yellow beanie. Oh my God. You already have the bangs. We should do like this Halloween. We should do like a day where we all dress up as Greek characters. No. Oh my God. What, what, not if I have to be Jordan. What if I said this before that I do think maybe part of the reason why I don't like her is because sometimes she reminds me of me. <laughs> I think that's part of the reason. Like, she kind of looks like me too. I think it's part of the reason I don't like her. <laughs> it's part of the reason um, i love franny yeah you're so franny, franny you're so franny coded <laughs> now ashley approaches rebecca who's holding burnt pussy willow ew and um she says why did you kiss him and rebecca says i was just lonely and drunk and ashley you were my only friend and or like you were my main friend and now you were leaving me to hang out with Fisher and so I felt even lonelier which is like kind of a crazy reason to say that and then she goes I haven't had what I wanted in a long time and she says and what I want is to be happy but things just keep getting in my way and then she explains basically just her self-sabotage cycle well Ashley says you keep getting in your way yeah because she's like when things get too comfortable I screw things up and I am like comfortable in the uncomfortable, which is sad. It's she really, really sad. needs a therapist. Yeah, she's like been traumatized to like only be able to survive and not thrive. Yeah, and to manipulate, and that's how you get what you want. Yeah. Um, and Ashley's yes. is like, we're good now on a probationary basis. If you do it again, we're done. If you do it again, you'll end up like pussy. Willow. Oh yeah, you'll end up like pussy willow, and you don't have to be sober sis. Yeah, that scene was really well acted, too. Like, it was very subtle, but, like, you could really feel it. They're so strong. Yeah. So now the ZBZs are saying, bye, alumni. And Doris goes up to Casey and gives her a fat check. And she says, Nate admitted what he did. Um, And this is when we get the idea that Nate has been servicing Doris. Mm -hmm. And And she's, like, being coy about it. I mean... 
whatever, get that younger D for sure. And then Nate approaches Casey and he's she like, says, she says, I can't believe you confess. Yeah. And he says, don't play dumb. Like you stuck those two weirdos on me. <laughs> and he's like, Cappy and that ass in the Iron Man Audi came to my door and like threatened me. <laughs> And she's so taken aback. I love that they did that. Me too. She's very taken aback. And then also it's like cats out of the bag. Like you shouldn't have been so, if they wanted to keep the society secret, they should have slowly, a slow launch of their friendship, not being like, we'll never be friends again. Be like, I don't know, maybe. But now it's like, hmm, interesting, interesting. So now we're at Dobbler's and Rusty's moping. And we find out it's Jordan's going away party. She's using her win, her gotcha win, because whoever won gotcha got to throw a party at the Oh, right. So she's mm. cashing in on her gotcha win, she says. And Jordan, this was nice. She thanks Casey for all that she's done. She's like, you made me feel like I belong here. You helped me find, you know, a home. And I thought that was really nice of mm-hmm. her to do. And then Kathy goes over and um hugs Jordan her his his brother his KT brother and then Casey's like what was up with you and Evan intimidating me and she says like he said you and somebody in the Iron Man car came and threatened him and he says what would I be doing with Iron Man he's not even a real guy like just admit it it's so weird but whatever at the very least you could have quickly lied and been like Evan came to me and was concerned. Yeah. And so we... Well, he's not fast on his feet. And God, Joey's horses. brain is just addled by weed and alcohol. Right. Ashley announces to Casey that she's forgiven Rebecca. And they say, yay, sisterhood. And then Jordan... Well, we're, Casey's kind of like, oh, why? And then Rebecca shows up and she's like, oh, I mean, yay, sisterhood. <laughs> and then um, Jordan is talking to Rusty and she's like, well, maybe this won't work and maybe I'll be back in a month and he's just like kind of being non-responsive Jordan wants to take a picture with her Canon DSLR 8140 micro great camera and she scurries off to take a full room picture that's just her smiling and Rusty moping and Calvin is there and he can definitely tell that Rusty's emo for sure um and then the way that the picture comes out like it's pretty much clear that they're doomed and that's how it ends on a still of the picture she has the biggest tripod set up in the middle of dobbler the biggest smile yeah she's thrilled and he's just staring at her in the picture it's all very haunting yeah it's weird yeah it's like sepia tone (laughs) yeah oversaturated again winners maybe evan you can't read my notes oh I didn't read it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'll change it. Oh, it's fine. You can be Evan. I'm also Evan. Okay. Evan. Why? Uh, you know, he was sweet. He, him not being funny is endearing to me. Yeah, I just think he did a good job of being a good friend to everyone. Right. I do. I just love him and Kathy being friends again. It's so cute. Even though Kathy is on my last nerve right now. Mm. Um, Thomas, winner. I'm going to say Calvin. Um, I know he kind of had a smaller episode this this one, but I will say like he did everything he could to help Rusty. He's my winner this episode. I just feel like for Pride Month. Mm. Oh, for sure. I guess he should be our winner all month. Yeah. My loser was Casey for accidentally pimping herself out. 
Ooh. Juice Bigelow, European Gigolo, Casey Cartwright. I mean, there were two obvious losers, but I'm going to say my loser is um, Ashley. Who's the other obvious loser? Well, Jordan and Rusty. Oh. But Ashley, I would say, is my loser this week, just because I didn't like how she was kind of toying with Rebecca at a certain point. Yeah, it wasn't nice. No, and I get it. She obviously has a right to be upset with her. And she's so rarely a loser. Right, and she's so rarely mean. So to see her kind of be a little bit mean is jarring. Yeah, she was mean girl. Her totally acceptable and different, but like she was, yeah, a little bit, a little bit harsh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Rusty. I just think like as much as they want to give it to Jordan, I still think Rusty ultimately is the loser here because like Jordan at least gets to go to New York and like has a cool job, even though her decision was completely like you know spur of the moment and she's definitely not thinking about rusty i I did think it was kind of sad and i think rusty really lost here he just wants to have control so bad he just can't have it that's why it's like and you can tell that's why this relationship is like just destined to not work either i think that they might have been soulmates don't I do. I wrote it in my notes. I think that they were soulmates and they were meant to be together and they'll end up together. Mm-hmm. I think that they were written in the stars. They were written in the um in the Sistine Chapel. The ceiling. <laughs> and the photo at the end, the photo at the end was pretty good, but then when you think about it, you're like Jordan didn't actually take that photo. It was self-timer. I mean pretty good. <laughs> it was a picture. <laughs> it was like kind of cute about the quality of it <laughs> the quality yeah. the composition there's a picture on the world's biggest tripod <laughs> that she loved through campus <laughs> all of her equipment all right well thanks for thanks joining for us on this, on this down, down, down memory lane, lane.